Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The city of Corinth during the time of the apostles was a center of Greek culture and philosophy. These were the things that were most valued and esteemed by the citizens of this city. Yet it was here that the apostle Paul, who was also a man of culture and well-trained in philosophy, went to announce the gospel of Christ, but not in the way of philosophical words of wisdom or lofty speech, but through, even to use his own phrase, words of foolishness. What was this foolishness that Paul proclaimed? It was not the resurrection of Christ, but it was the cross of Christ. The unique solution to the many problems of the church in Corinth was the crucified Christ and the application of his cross to those who believe and how significant and applicable those words are to us today, aren't they, Francis? Francis yes. Paul has joined us. I am really thankful to get to hear this message because this is quite a shock to both the religious and the philosophical. Francis, I think it might be helpful just to read this portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. By now we have seen the Apostle Paul present to this troubled church in Corinth, first of all, that their salvation was sure and secure. And then from there, he brought them to this matter of the fellowship of his son, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, really the fellowship of the divine life, wonderful positive things. And then coming to this first big problem that you and I talked about in the program just on Friday, Francis, this matter of division and their personal preferences and choices that were all being vocalized among the uh, members of the church there. And now he comes to this passage that puzzles a lot of people. I think many people have to read chapter 1, chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians again and again to really get into the thought of the writer. But that's uh, why we're so grateful we have this ministry to present, isn't it? Yes, this is a, a more help than we realize in the first reading. Yeah. I don't think anyone really could grasp the meaning of those two chapters the first time around. Okay, I think now realizing that the audience he was speaking to was this uh, cultured, educated uh, group of believers who had received salvation, but their walk in the Lord was certainly uh, not yet perfected. So now he comes to them with these words, beginning at verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to announce the gospel, not in wisdom of speech, that the cross of Christ may not be made void. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And jumping down now to verse 21, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the preaching to save those who believe. So he certainly wasn't appealing to their uh, philosophical, well-educated minds here, was he? No, I think that is marvelous how the Apostle Paul 
came to these people who had already received the word that he gave, and they had been saved, that is, they had been regenerated. But to live by that life takes this aspect that Paul brings out in these two chapters. So I think we're in for a real enlightening time today. Why don't we join Witness Lee with our first segment today? Brother Nee did say to us the most precious thing and the most important thing in reading the Bible is to get into the spirit of the writer. When Paul wrote this book, no doubt, he was in certain kind of spirit. Paul was a typical religious Jew. He was so strong for his father's religion. So he was strongly opposed to the gospel, to the name of Jesus, and to the church. For he was opposing the church, the Lord came to him. And the Lord called him, and the Lord separated him, and the Lord commissioned him, and the Lord charged him to preach Christ. Then, on one of his journey of his ministry, he went to Corinth. Corinth was a very cultured city in Greece. A lot of philosophical people there. Paul preached Christ instead of Judaism. Paul preached Christ against the Greek philosophy. And those philosophical Greeks in Corinth received his preaching, and they got saved. They had the divine life within them, and they had the Holy Spirit in them, but, listen, they didn't live by the divine life. They didn't live by the Holy Spirit. Rather, they still lived the Greek life. You see? They still lived a life of their philosophy. They didn't live a life of Christ. So that was the background. Now Paul's writing spirit was trying the best to bring the distracted philosophical believers back to Christ. Interesting situation here in Corinth, Francis. This uh uh, city of culture, of education, and especially a city of philosophy. Those who received the word and believed there were from this background. And when they received this word through faith, of course, they were saved as we get saved. And at that moment, there was a receiving within them of not just forgiveness of sins, but of the divine life of God. Yet, it's obvious from the way they were conducting themselves in the church life that they were not living by this life that they had received. So Paul had quite a specific way of dealing with them, didn't he, in terms of what he was trying to bring them back to? I think uh, what Brother Lee brought out about Watchman Nee's advice, how to study the Bible, is to get into the spirit of the writer. And I think if we get into the spirit of Paul in writing 
especially these two chapters, we realize that he was not trying to appeal to their philosophy or their psychological being, but he's really speaking Christ in such a way that would not leave any room for their philosophical approach. In the very uh, beginning of chapter 2, Paul comes to this word in uh, verse 1. And when I came to you, brothers, I came not according to excellence of speech or of wisdom, announcing to you the mystery of God. And then he adds this key phrase, which is really the focal point of what we want to talk about today in the program. In verse 2 he said, For I did not determine to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and this one crucified. Mm-hmm. Ah, Here's the key. Yes, that he, is the key. He's pointing these believers uh, to the crucified Christ. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Those distracted philosophical Christians in Corinth, they made a lot of troubles, a lot of voices. I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Paul, I am of Christ. A lot of voices, different voices. How to set them down? Paul's spirit was to bring them back to the very Christ whom he has not only praised to them, but testified to them. I ministered such a Christ, not a turmoil Christ, not a voice-making Christ, but a sudden Christ who was crucified was willing to be despised, was willing to be rejected, and was willing to be crucified. This was the Christ I ministered to you. And this Christ, listen, is God's power. It is this Christ that saves you. God's saving power is not a noisy Christ, but a crucified Christ. You must come back to this Christ. Even the word by which I minister Christ to you is very simple. The word of the cross. I didn't exercise my philosophical wisdom to minister to you. Rather, I avoided that because you were born to that, right? You were that kind of people. I avoided this in order to deliver you, to rescue you from what you were born in. I came to you with Christ, with the cross. Now you have accepted my preaching and my testimony, yet after that you didn't develop what you have received. You didn't let what you have received grow into maturity. So, you are still infant, babes in Christ. Based upon this, by such a spirit, and in such a spirit, Paul, in these two chapters, especially in chapter 1, repeatedly tell them Christ crucified. This is the power of God for saving. And this is the wisdom for God to carry out His plan. Boy, uh, this uh, exhortation by Watchman Nee, which you echoed a moment ago about getting into the spirit of the writer, it really now gives this chapter, these verses, this portion, 
some real understanding to us, doesn't it? To, to realize Paul was purposely avoiding any kind of philosophical appeal to them. I think this is quite different from uh, the spirit that's often uh, obvious when some try to preach something to correct others. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> usually it is a way to uh, succeed in their philosophy or their religion or this way, to make it something high and intellectual way. Mm-hmm. But Paul was not like that. His spirit was released in these words, and he was burdened very much to bring these people back, all these believers back to the Christ that they had accepted when they believed his testimony. Let's talk about this for a moment. He uh, mentions that they had received, obviously, Christ uh, at salvation. We talked about this uh, setting up this segment. Yet there was no sign of development, of growth, of maturing in this new life they had received. They were pretty much living as they had before they were saved. Of course, their destiny now is certainly changed. But their way of life appears to have been going on uh, just as it was before. And wouldn't you say, Francis, this is a temptation or a snare very much to all of God's people, all of us today. This is a big snare for us to try to solve our problems by a philosophical habit or by a religious practice. But Paul is avoiding both of these. He could speak both to the Jews and to the Greeks, the Jews with their religion and the Greeks with their philosophy. But he would always bring them back here, in particular in Corinth. He was seeking to bring them back to practice the life that had been put into them, which was the eternal life, mm-hmm. and to live by the Spirit which was put into them. That is the Holy Spirit. And included in that Spirit is the reality and the application of not just the resurrection of Christ, which we love to celebrate as Christians, but we tend to overlook the crucifixion of Christ, which is also very much in the Spirit, isn't it? It really is the problem solver, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, that brings us to our third segment today. And uh, let me read these two verses. We're back in chapter 1 now, near the end of the chapter. For indeed, Jews require signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who were called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Oh, I love these words. Yes, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's all Christ. Christ. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Why Paul didn't say, we preach Christ resurrected. You know, the preaching in the Acts was always on Christ resurrected. The preaching in the Acts was a testimony that Jesus Christ who has been crucified, was resurrected. But here Paul doesn't say the resurrection. Rather, he says, we preach Christ crucified. Both the Jews and the Greeks like to hear Christ resurrected. To Jews, that is a kind of miracle. And how about the Greeks? The Greeks would admire. They would say, this is a top philosophy. A dead one can be made living. Isn't this the top philosophy? I like to hear this. Paul says, we preach Christ. Why can Christ you preach, Paul? I like to hear Why can Christ you preach? I preach Christ crucified. Crucified? Forget about it. I don't like to have such a Christ 
and Christ crucified. He got crucified. I'm going to follow him to be crucified. So to the Jews and our friends, to the Greeks, what is nice. But to us who are called, Christ, this Christ crucified is the power of God. And it is the wisdom of God. Francis, I like very much how he opened this segment. He opened it with this provocative question. Here, before this kind of audience, why didn't Paul preach Christ resurrected? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead, he preached Christ crucified. Right. Why don't you try well, to answer I think, this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the reason he put that that way, because that's actually what he did. He didn't try to appease the Jews, because religion is always looking for something miraculous. Uh-huh. And so resurrection would fit that concept, right? but not the cross. And to the Corinthians, that is, to the Greeks, uh, they always look for something uh, philosophical, something uh, logical, something reasonable. And, uh, of course, the resurrection of Christ would fit their concept. But the cross of Christ, no, that crosses out their all their wisdom mm-hmm. and all their uh, philosophical concepts. So Paul is reaching right to the core of what the gospel is and how we can be brought into a oneness, how we can be really going on in our Christian life. The problem here was that the people were not moving on in their Christian life, but they were being divided over personalities and over uh, doctrines, and it was leading to further and further away from Christ and involved in sinful things even. Mm-hmm. Right. As we see later on this whole book, we find they got into very immoral things, sinful things, the way to end arguments. Mm-hmm. And the way to solve all these problems is Christ crucified. And so Paul is approaching this absolutely from the beginning on this one note, not to appease the religion and not to satisfy the philosophical Greeks. You know, this word that uh, we read a moment ago and he referred to right at the end, Christ, this Christ crucified is the power of God. Mm. Uh, And that, of course, is the verse I read a moment ago where it talks about the crucified Christ. We preach Christ crucified, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Comparatively speaking to the natural mind, it would seem like resurrection is where the power is demonstrated, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) But here is very specific. The power being spoken of is the crucified Christ. How do you explain that, Francis? That power is because it crosses out all of our natural abilities. We cannot solve by our reasoning and by our sitting down to have a good talk this kind of way does not solve any kind of problems and doesn't lead us on to experiencing Christ. The way is by the cross. That is powerful. If anyone in any argument would just take the cross, that would solve the problem. This is a message that is not often preached in Christian circles these days. You talked about miracles. We all have a desire for that. You talked about kind of lofty philosophical concepts that uh, intrigue the keen part of our natural mind. We're all after that, and I think most preachers kind of measure their audience and try to find these kinds of things to draw their attention and hold their attention. Mm -hmm. But Paul's way here with these Corinthians is so contrary to the natural thought to bring us, not just the Corinthians, to bring all of us 
to experience the death of Christ mm -hmm. as the unique solution. Yeah, I think, Chris, we're all Corinthians. We are all Corinthians. We really have either the religious looking for miracles or for the philosophical looking for reasonings. Well, we have a... Usually we end right here after three segments. We have a very short fourth segment today, which is really Witness Lee's, I would say, a personal testimony of applying exactly what we've been talking about, and I think it's a good point to end the program on. So let's join Witness Lee for this last little uh, bonus segment. I believe a number among us all can testify. And by the Lord's mercy, I may take the lead to testify. To testify that whenever... There is a problem between me and the brothers, or between me and my wife. The natural man is rightly tempted to negotiate, to talk with my wife, to talk with the brothers, to talk. This is the human way. But I can testify every time when this temptation comes. Deep within me, no. You don't need to talk. You just go to the cross. You just take the cross. Let the cross cross you out. Then Christ comes to supply. And this solves every problem. No talk, no negotiation, no voice. But the problem is solved. This is... God's way to solve all the problems in the church life. The cross is just to terminate whatever we are. We take this cross and we enjoy Christ. This is the solution to all the problems. I feel very good. Francis, we just have a minute left. This... Uh it was very short, but boy, was it graphic. I was thinking of so many discussions that I had entered into over the years with my wife, for example, where it would have been so much more pleasant just to walk away and take my place on the cross in the death of Christ. But boy, we have to uh, dig in, don't we? We have to negotiate and uh, argue our side. I think uh, one of the most important uh, statements I heard Brother Lee mention in later in his ministry, he said, the way to live the kingdom life is to always give the reasons to the other party. Give all the reasons to the other party and take the blame to yourself. Hmm. So that's taking the cross. It really is. Well, this has been a fellowship that I think has been not just enjoyable, but really helpful. And uh, I, I feel like we got a lot of understanding today on a, on a passage of Scripture that I think people, you know, can quote a verse here or there or a phrase out of these, uh, out of this portion. But to get a good, clear understanding of where the apostle was at came out of uh, our brother's fellowship so clearly. Really um, something to be grateful for, to have walk away from a passage of Scripture like this with something uh, very solid. I have that sense about our program today. Yes, I feel the same, that this is really enlightening and effective. If we could learn the lesson that's in Paul's spirit in handling the Corinthians, all we Corinthians would be helped. Mm. Thanks, Francis. Always good to have you here. And Thank hope, you. Hope you're back again soon. It's my pleasure, and I hope to come back. Uh, our time is uh, up, but we do uh, want to mention to you our toll-free number where you can contact us about getting the printed material that supplements our programs. If you would like to find out about that, just call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. 
or write to us at Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send us an email, and our email address is simply radio at lsm.org. And make note of our website, if you would, lifestudy.com or lsm.org will get you there. And either uh, avenue that you chose to approach us, you'll be able to hear all of our past programs that are kept in archive for you, and you just click on the one you would like to listen to and whenever you would like, 24 hours a day. And we'll return tomorrow with another live study from 1 Corinthians. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.